HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. The great state of Wisconsin is home to the only master cheesemaking program outside of Switzerland. Learn more about Wisconsin's cheesemaking history at wisconsincheese.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're examining the true cost of convenience when it comes to when, where, and how we eat. Dark stores enable workers to eat without any kind of thought to how they're getting their food or how it might have come to be. DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft in the past have pledged to spend $90 million to try to exempt themselves from the law. I could be wrong, uh, but I, I think there's going to be significant regulatory pushback on driverless trucks. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santagate. On today's show, we're continuing our conversation about B Corporations. If you missed our last episode about B Corp businesses, B Corp certification is the only certification that measures a company's entire social and environmental performance. The B Impact Assessment, done by the nonprofit B Lab, evaluates how a company's operations and business model impacts its workers, community, environment, and customers. Last week, I spoke with Adeline Drewert of Vermont Creamery about their B Corp certification. Today, I'm excited to learn more about another B Corp in the cheese industry, Rogue Creamery. Certified as a B Corp since 2016, Rogue has been chosen as a Best for the World honoree for the past three years. My guest today is Marguerite Merritt, the self-proclaimed cheese emissary at Rogue Creamery, also known as their marketing manager. Marguerite, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Oh, thank you so much. Happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about when Rogue Creamery first started considering the B Corp structure and what that process was like? Sure thing. Uh, so back in 2014, President David Gremmel started thinking about uh, the future of his company and the sort of partnerships that he'd like to make long term. 
And the the B Corp model really came to the surface as something that he'd like to pursue after conversations with Allison Hooper at Vermont Creamery, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he he decided to look into this further because it was a great avenue for connecting him with the sort of businesses that he wanted to align himself with long term. And he saw Rogue Creamery as fitting well within the model provided by uh, B Lab for their B Corp certification. So this really started as a vision back in 2013 or 2014 Hmm. and was eventually realized on January 2nd of 2016 when Rogue Creamery became the official first business in the state of Oregon to be certified as a B Corporation. Wow, that's amazing. My my next question was going to be about whether or not you had, um, Rogue had like worked with other businesses in the area who were B Corps, but I guess that kind of answers it. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, so in the state of Oregon, uh, B Corp certification, so certification as an official B Corp became uh, a designation that was possible as of January 2016. Mm-hmm. So Rogue Creamery and a number of other businesses in the state applied at the same time to uh, become uh, B corporations in the early months of the year. Now, did Rogue, uh, that sort of like pioneering class in Oregon, was was Rogue Creamery aware of those other folks applying for it for the first time? Was that like a cohort of people who knew about each other at that point, or did that come to light later on? That really came to light mostly later in the process, uh, though I'm sure David was familiar with some of the other businesses who were pursuing certification, in particular some mm-hmm. of the wineries in the Willamette Valley, which have really built their reputation on uh, choosing to use sustainable business practices, whether mm. that be to benefit the environment through sustainable farming practices or just to uh, benefit their employees and customers through uh, through other measures geared at boosting their, their social impact. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so when you say that uh, part of the inspiration and part of the impetus for pursuing it was, um, you know, thinking that, that it was going to position Rogue Creamery well for future partnerships. Do you mean, um, well, I know that you now are uh, uh, affiliated with Savencia. Was that sort of sale, that that uh, change on the horizon? Is that what you mean by that? Or do you mean that, um, you know, with you wanted to be sort of in this group with like-minded businesses who you could potentially work with? You know, a little bit of both, actually. Mm. Uh, Certainly the latter is what David originally envisioned when he was thinking about uh, becoming a B Corp originally. Uh, But because of his commitment to sustainability and social equity, uh, he was able to create a business in Rogue Creamery that became much more attractive to a host of other business partners that we wanted to do business with, one of those being Savencia. Mm -hmm. And our uh, partnership with Savencia, which was finalized last year in May of 2018, Mm -hmm. uh, that was driven in large part because of our commitment to social, economic, and environmental sustainability Hmm. that made us a very attractive partner for them. Interesting. Makes sense to me. (laughs) One question about, uh, you know, sort of, it's sort of a chicken the egg question a little bit, Uh, but in terms of everything that the B Corp certification stands for, are 
Are there things that in becoming a B Corp have changed about the way that you're doing business? Are there areas of the certification that um, you maybe hadn't focused on quite as much before and now are focusing on more or anything that came up through the process that has actually shifted the direction of the company? You know, that's a great question. Um, One of the big benefits of being a B Corporation is the community that it gives you access to. There are so many amazing companies who are pursuing really innovative ways to make an impact in their community and on in the environment. And there are endless ways that we can be inspired to increase our own impact. And mm-hmm. so uh, I can't speak to specific initiatives per se, uh, but I know for a fact that there are so many different companies that are inspiring us every day to do better. And uh, we're, we're learning new things about how we can be a better business through our commitment to being a B Corporation and through working with other B Corporations around the state and the whole country. Hmm. Uh, and likewise, we're able to share that inspiration with other businesses uh, one of one local business, for example, here mm-hmm. in Southern Oregon, has adopted one of our favorite uh, sustainability measures that we have used since uh, the early days of our B Corporation status, our Nellie Green Pedal Power Program, mm. which is a, a fun way that we incentivize our Rogue Creamery team members to choose alternative forms of uh, transportation to get to and from work. And so what are the details of that program? Uh, so we offer a, uh, either a uh, financial stipend or we give them a bike for committing to a certain number of round-trip commutes to work using either that bike or uh, using a, the bus system or carpooling to work with a friend or driving a car that uh, takes uh, 50 gallons or more gas per mile. So uh, it's, it's a fun way to get wow. our employees involved in our commitment to uh, reducing our carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been able to uh, inspire other businesses to, to adopt that same model. Mm. And we're helping to, to spread the word about uh, how we can all do a little bit to, to make our community a little bit healthier. So what has been the, has there been a a noteworthy change or something you could point to in terms of numbers? Like, did you see a big behavior change among the staff or was this something that people were kind of doing before and appreciated the support with? What would you say? Oh, it's definitely increased uh, staff commitment to uh, green forms of transportation. Mm-hmm. I I joined Road Creamery just last year, so I don't know exactly how our staff was commuting back in 2015. But anecdotally, I can report that definitely uh, people are much more excited about the purpose mm-hmm. that we're driving with our program now versus when before we had in, in, created this program in the first place. Interesting. And so who was, it? you said it was called the Nellie Green program? That Did I get yes, her name the right? Nellie Green, Nellie Green Pedal Power Program. So who is ne- Nellie Green? 
You know, that's a great question, <laughs> um, and I can't speak to exactly who Nellie Green ah, was. Well, this is some is research the, we can the, do. We can yeah. add this to our show notes here. Listeners, do, yeah. if, if, if any of you uh, are into the Nellie Green story, let us I'll know. I'll look it up, for sure. <laughs> we'll I'll definitely We'll add it to the show notes, for sure. It sounds like whoever Nellie Green was, she probably was into bicycling. Absolutely. As are <laughs> many members of our team. We've yeah. got a... A strong contingent of cyclists here at Road Creamery. How do you track the um, that participation? Is there? A, I'm curious. I'm always curious about like how people actually keep track of information. Um, how do you? You said that people had to commit to a certain number of round trips, right? right? And then our employees uh, self-report every time that they. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete a commute using one of these alternative forms of transportation. We have a document in the break room where everyone can chart every month uh, mm. how many uh, miles they have traveled uh, using their bike or otherwise. Does it become a bit of a competition among staff ever? You know, a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always a little bit of friendly competition to see who's uh, on top in terms of their sustainability numbers. But mm-hmm. I think everyone just appreciates the the enthusiasm that their fellow teammates put into the program. Yeah, totally. Do you bike to work yourself or w- which mode of transport do you choose? I try to carpool as frequently as possible. Mm-hmm. I live about 10 to 12 miles away and oh, I'm not the strongest biker. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, that's a, that's, here, you know, that could be quite a bike ride. <laughs> yeah. We're in a pretty hilly area, so I haven't committed to doing the biking yet, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping to uh, maybe come next summer, be able to do it because it's a beautiful area to, mm-hmm. to grab your bike and hop on the road. It's one of the, the prettiest cycling areas in the uh, on the West Coast. So yeah. definitely something to take advantage of for anyone visiting the area. Well, that's a good goal to have. Um, so one thing I was curious about is I noticed that you, that Rogue was named to these best of the world lists for governance and environment in 2019. And mm-hmm. I was curious if you could talk about some of the specific components of your B Corp status that helped you to land on those lists. Sure thing. Well, we've actually been on the best for the world list for three years in a row. Uh, And this year we landed on the best for the world overall list, which means that uh, when when B-Lab evaluated our progress as a B corporation, uh, overall in every aspect of our company, we were really leading the way and showing other fellow B corporations uh, how we can all do better to Mm. To have that positive impact, and so it's it's a real honor. Mm-hmm. It's a feather in our hat, certainly, yeah. uh, but it's it's really it it shows us that we're walking the talk. Uh, that at the end of the day, we're doing what we can to really make that needle move in the right direction. And uh, just being a B Corp is uh, doing that as well. But being that best for the world class mm-hmm. lets us know that we're going the extra mile. And that hopefully we are having that positive impact that we seek. So, what are some of the what? What does that actually mean to go the extra mile? Do you um, participate in any events about B Corp? You mentioned just influencing a lot of other people. I'm curious what exactly they're pointing to with that. Sure. Well, I think part of it is probably the amount of focus that we place on. Uh, 
uh, business practices, everything mm. that we do in order to uh, to do right by our community and environment. And really, that is it is a major focus of every business decision that we make, mm. uh, right down to every single vendor that we work with, every supplier, uh, every time we consider an, a packaging change. Uh, every everything that I do on a daily basis, I'm constantly thinking, okay, is there a way to make that more sustainable? Hmm. Uh, is there a green option for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, I'm looking to have some T-shirts printed. Right. Uh, is there an organic uh, T-shirt company I could work with hmm. or a local screen printer just to keep that money in our local community rather than farm it out to a vendor who may be slightly less expensive but uh, who is going to have those T-shirts printed in China. Hmm. Interesting. Now, when you um, are making those decisions and kind of like juggling in between various things, do you have um, kind of like a criteria? Is it really just that quest, that one question of, you know, what's the more sustainable choice? Or is there a, a rubric of criteria that you're looking at when you're making a business decision that might have a sustainable option, but that that option might come with some other challenges. Sure thing. Well, we don't have a specific rubric or criteria that we've outlined. It's more of a qualitative decision that we make, mm-hmm. uh, but it's encouraged at every level of the company to think about uh, how we can make our decisions more made more consciously and uh, with our long-term impact in mind. Mm. And so uh, it's, it's really just a, a it's, I wish that I had a, a concrete answer for you, but it's just <laughs> something that we all take into account every right. day as much as we can. Yeah. And, you know, occasionally you look at the cost benefit and it's just not something that our company can support mm-hmm. to go the, the, the more sustainable route. But we're always looking at the options and doing what we can to uh, support our values in that way. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's more of a cultural sort of conversation rather than, you know, checking off boxes on a list, I suppose. Right, exactly. And that's also how you have a bigger impact. You know, it's not these are the rules that you need to follow as a Rogue Creamery employee. Mm -hmm. It's more we're trying to inspire our fellow teammates to to be in to be involved in these initiatives Mm. and to take them to heart, uh, not just to, to check the box, like you said. Yeah, got it. Well, it's time for a quick break, actually. And so we'll be back in a moment with more on B Corp Rogue Creamery. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that 90% of Wisconsin's milk is made into cheese? And this is not just any milk. When Swiss, German, and Italian cheesemakers first settled into Wisconsin, they chose their new home because of the special terroir of the region. Its soil and water are nurtured by the goodness of glacial sediment, and those elements lend themselves to the very best milk. Today, Wisconsin produces 25% of all cheeses made in the U.S., and Wisconsin cheeses have won more awards than any other state or country in the world. How do they do it? Wisconsin cheesemakers combine their heritage and tradition with nonstop innovation. They were the first state to establish cheese grade standards and the first to require that every cheese plant be overseen by a licensed cheesemaker. Wisconsin is the only place outside of Europe where one can pursue an elite master cheesemaker certification. 
All of these impeccably high standards mean Wisconsin produces more than 48% of the nation's specialty cheese. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm back with Marguerite Merritt of Rogue Creamery. So on the first half of the show, we mentioned that uh, in 2018, Rogue Creamery had partnered with Savencia to um, sort of expand the business and, and have more resources. You mentioned that Rogue, you know, a big part of why Rogue was a, an attractive acquisition for Savencia was the B Corp uh, certification. I'm curious if any elements of the B Corp have changed since that uh, partnership was launched or, you know, in terms of like influence, Rogue influencing Savencia, Savencia sort of supporting the continued goal of having a high score on that B Corp. How has it been since that change for the company? Uh, You know, it's only been change in the positive direction from where I stand. Mm -hmm. They've been very supportive partners uh, in encouraging us to to pursue our initiatives to to benefit our B corporation status, and uh, I do think that there may be some interest in their part in seeing what uh, aspects of our uh, values based initiatives they could potentially bring into their company, mm-hmm. and that's certainly a hope of ours mm-hmm. that we can spread this this mission to other companies, our partner included. Uh, it's, it's really, it's such an honor to be a B corporation and be part of this community. And so to be able to spread that and encourage other businesses to do the same is really, that's, that would be the best thing that we could possibly do as a B Corp. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, as I was thinking about your score and like how the B Corp certification is kind of rated, I'm wondering, do you guys have a, is, is a certain number a goal each year to get on that rating? Do you, are you looking at that score and aiming for something specific or aiming for a new area in which to kind of like, you know, grow your rating? Sure. Well, uh, we are audited every three years mm-hmm. as a B corporation, uh, and this is an intensive audit practice uh, where they reevaluate every aspect of our business to see to make sure that we continue to be uh, B corp by the quality standards that they set out. Be they being B lab, the governing body that oversees the. Uh, the certification. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we were audited uh, in 2019, or, or I guess at the end of last year, actually, mm-hmm. uh, we were, uh, we, we don't necessarily have a whole lot of say in how they rank us. Right. Uh, that is done independently by the organization. But uh, we're looking at our scores in the various different categories uh, uh, that on, in which we are judged and trying to figure out how we can improve in each one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big focus in the last couple of years has been on our environmental footprint in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has always been a strong suit of Rogue Creamery, but it's something that's very important to us as a business is to pursue those green initiatives and to be a leader in that respect. 
So I'd say that is one of the ways in which we've been uh, trying to improve that score is just to continue to be in, on top of our games in that category in particular. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the things that you're doing in that category specifically to lessen your environmental footprint or be that leader for innovation? Sure. Uh, well, at our dairy farm in Grants Pass, we are uh, implementing several new measures uh, recently and in the near future to improve our environmental impact. Uh, through our organic certification, which we gained in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, we are uh, reducing exposure to pesticides, unnecessary hormones, and antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're promoting biodiversity in the soil. Now we're taking that a step further by uh, implementing a rotational intensive grazing program mm-hmm. on the dairy farm to really build up the soil health to its best and also irrigating with an uh, innovative wastewater treatment process mm-hmm. that's taking uh, the dairy waste from the cows and repurposing it to irrigate the fields. And it's a great system that keeps it all. It's a closed-loop system, so uh, we aren't having to uh, do additives or anything like that, Mm -hmm. and it is really bringing great health to our particular plot of land along the Rogue River. We're hoping to inspire other dairy farmers to adopt similar measures, too, Mm -hmm. uh, because we want to show that dairy farming, our small-scale dairy farming practices can be sustainable and they can be economically viable as well. Hmm. That's great. That sounds really interesting to have that closed-loop irrigation wastewater system. Very intriguing. (laughs) It's it's an inspiring place to visit. You know, my favorite part of the job is going out to the dairy farm and seeing what uh, new practices we're adopting because it's constantly evolving out there. And Hmm. uh, we're looking at optimizing the breeds that we have on the dairy farm uh, to the, the the land itself and mm. to the barn that we have and making sure that we're making the right decisions every step of the way. Right. Very neat. Sounds like a fun day trip. <laughs> For sure. Highly recommend anyone yeah, listening. <laughs> definitely. I'm sure some of our listeners will be knocking on the door out there. So now <laughs> I'd like to ask a little bit about your experience. You joined the team at Rogue back in 2018, I believe. Yes, back in May 2018. All right. And so by that point, they were pretty established as a B Corp, had a couple of years um, into it. And did that certification influence your decision to apply for the job? Was it a, a, surprise, a pleasant surprise? What, did, what were your thoughts on that at the time when you were considering working for Rogue? Sure. Well, uh, I've been living in the Southern Oregon community for several years and was familiar with Rogue Creamery. Even before coming to Southern Oregon, I worked in the wine industry, so knew a a little bit about cheese and Mm -hmm. had tasted some of Rogue Creamery's products and knew that they created something exceptional. So they were already on my radar as a company that would be really nice to work for. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I started digging a little deeper and learning more about them, and then learned about their B Corp commitment, that really, it, it brought that to a whole new level. I was really impressed by the, the transparency at which Rogue Creamery approached uh, their values and, and mm. how committed they were to wanting to leave that positive impact in every sense of the word. Uh, so it, it really encouraged me to apply, and I know similarly for a lot of my colleagues here that the story is the same. People want 
we want to do good in our community. We want to, to leave that positive impact. And uh, it's wonderful to see a company like Rogue and like our other fellow B corporations who are doing what they can to, to make that happen. Right. So um, what would you say now that you're now that you're in and you're working, you know, within this B Corp sort of uh, culture, um, mm-hmm. what is the most tangible way that you experience Rogue's P- B Corp certification in your day to day? That's a good question. Sort of a tricky I question, think, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in my personal day-to-day, mm-hmm. it's all about the uh, the decisions that I need to make in terms of the vendors that we work with and mm. the people we decide to partner with. Uh, I'm doing a lot of research to make sure that we're uh, linking ourselves with businesses who are like-minded, who mm-hmm. have values-based companies and who want to uh, to benefit their environment, to give back to their communities, and who are upfront about the ways in which they're doing that. Mm. So uh, from the marketing standpoint, uh, it's, it's about choosing the people we work with very right. consciously. Right. Uh, other members of our team, though, um, are more hands-on. I wish that I could say I was working alongside those dairy cows every day, but uh, maybe in another lifetime. <laughs> uh, and, you know, out at the dairy, it's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very rooted in, okay, so uh, what's the impact today of our soil health? What are the numbers looking like? And mm-hmm. how can we move that dial so that this time next year we can be proud about the the change that has taken place? Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, it's really interesting to think about the differences in those day-to-days within the same company. And sure. Who yeah. knows? Maybe maybe when you start that bike ride, that'll that'll be one. <laughs> exactly. Day-to-day. You know, and uh, yeah, we're every member of our team takes these our sustainability initiatives to heart in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have certain members of the team that are really committed to volunteering in the community, mm. uh, and others who take that Nelly Green uh, program and are really running with it or biking with it, one might say. Right, right. Uh, and uh, so we all can, can adopt the company's, uh, support and B Corp mm-hmm. values in our own way. Uh, and it's inspiring to see how my colleagues are, are finding their voice and mm-hmm. their purpose in, within the framework. It's really neat. Um, well, we're getting to the, near the end of our episodes and I have one more final question for you. You mentioned wine a couple of times on the show, which has me in the mindset of wine now. And I'm mm. curious to know, uh, what your favorite wine and rogue creamery cheese pairing is personally. Oh, softball. You got me. <laughs> um, so who doesn't love Rogue River Blue? Yes. You know, I was going to ask specifically with Rogue River Blue, and then I thought, oh, yeah. maybe she'll want to talk about a different cheese. <laughs> you know, I could, but it's Rogue River Blue season right now. We yes. just released the, our, our 2019 vintage Rogue River Blue a couple weeks ago, and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, it's wrapped in these organic, biodynamically grown Syrah grape leaves that mm-hmm. our team actually goes out and harvests by hand every June. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun team-building exercise. We wake up early, early in the morning and get out to the vineyard by 6 a.m. to go harvest these leaves. Wow. And uh, the vineyard that we go to get the leaves at is called Cowhorn Vineyard, and they mm-hmm. are really leading the way in Southern Oregon for sustainable wine growing practices. They produce a phenomenal product, uh, and their grape leaves are the highest quality leaves Mm. that we can acquire. So that's why we partner with them. But it's incredible how well their Syrah pairs with the Rogue River Blue. Mm. It's just a beautiful uh, combination, and uh, one I highly recommend, Cowhorn Vineyard, Syrah. They do a reserve Syrah mm-hmm. as well, which is even a little bit better, but even their standard Syrah is a wonderful accompaniment. Wow. It sounds great. And it's really fun to think of having the wine from that same vineyard with their, where the grape leaves are harvested for the cheese. Exactly. Really and fun. They're, they're just 20, 30 miles away. So they're a neighbor and keeping the flavors local. There's definitely something to be said for uh, enjoying the terroir of a place totally. in the food and beverage at the same time. It, it tends to go together in some way or another, and that can definitely be said of this pairing. It's exceptional. Really great. Well, I'll have to have it next time I'm in your neck of the woods. <laughs> Please do. Marguerite, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to sit here and chat about B Corps, and I hope that I've inspired you and uh, your listeners to, to give it a look because it's, it's really a, a positive thing that we've been able to be a part of, and mm-hmm. we're excited about uh, how we can continue to leave that impact on our community environment looking ahead. That's great. Well, thanks a lot. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can learn more about B Corporations at bcorporation.net. And if you're considering applying for B Corp certification, we would love, love, love to hear about it. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at CuttingTheCurd or shoot us an email at CuttingTheCurd at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.